Welcome to California Now, a podcast produced by Visit California. I'm Satirius Johnson. Today, we're going to reach across the Atlantic and talk to British podcaster and author Emma Gannon. When Emma's not working on her acclaimed show, Control-Alt-Delete, there's a very good chance she's dreaming about her next trip to the Golden State. When I'm in California, I feel like everyone's excited for you. So it's the people, it's definitely the weather. I think, you know, waking up every day and the sun shining is just not something you get in the UK. We'll also talk to a professional ghost hunter who shines a light, a flashlight probably, on some of the most haunted places in California. The Queen Mary at Long Beach. That is the best place to see a ghost. And don't just take the tour or walk the deck. No, get a room and spend the night. Plus, we'll explore the gold country with travel blogger Jessica Wright. It's all coming up on California Now. My next guest is an English writer, broadcaster, and podcaster who's best known for her Webby-nominated podcast, Control-Alt-Delete. Her best-selling business book, The Multi-Hyphen Method, is an essential guide to today's tumultuous work environment, and The Evening Standard recently called her the spokesperson for the internet generation. Most importantly, though, she's a huge fan of California, and we're about to find out why. Welcome to the California Now podcast, Emma. Thank you so much for having me. How exciting. I'm normally the one interviewing, so this is kind of weird, but I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're an extremely successful author and podcaster, but for listeners who aren't familiar with your work, how would you describe your show, Control-Alt-Delete? So my show, Control-Alt-Delete, actually came off the back of a book. So I published a book in 2016 with Penguin called Control-Alt-Delete. It was kind of marketed as a millennial memoir, so growing up on the internet as a young woman. And the podcast launched alongside it. I thought, enough about me. I will interview some other people about their creative lives and the internet and social media and businesses that have grown online and friendships that are made online. And it turned out that the podcast did way better than the book. (laughs) I've had 5 million downloads of uh, the podcast, and I can't say I've sold 5 million books yet, but it's been a joy and it's really nice that they kind of fit together. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've listened to your California Innovation Series, Emma, and I know you have a real fondness for the Golden State. Why do you think you have such a strong connection to California? It's funny, I was reflecting on this recently and I'm definitely that British girl who is obsessed with California and I always have been. And actually looking back to when I grew up, I was that kid who watched Saved by the Bell and all of those American kind of high school sitcoms and kids programs. And there was actually one called California Dreams, I think it was called back in the 90s. And I've just loved watching through the screen other people live this life by the sea and on the beach and kind of, I don't know, just having a great time. Well, what what do you think it was? Was it the people or the, the weather, the culture? What was it that really attracted you to it? Yeah, I think it's all those things. It's definitely the glamour, you know, the glitz and the glamour of Hollywood is is an obvious one. But I think as someone who always wanted to be a writer, always wanted to be creative and have a cool media job, I think the idea of um, LA, for example, you know, people just bumping into each other or you're getting in an Uber and you're talking to the Uber driver who is actually an extra in a Hollywood movie. And it just felt like everyone was doing cool stuff and making stuff happen and being enthusiastic. And when I'm in California, I feel like everyone's excited for you. 
So it's the people, it's definitely the weather. I think, you know, waking up every day and the sun shining is just not something you get in the UK. And it does make a difference. I mean, it just kind of uh, lifts your spirits to to wake up and have it be sunny and usually, you know, very moderately warm. And it's just a very pleasant way to kind of start your day. Yeah. I, I mean, I actually think I changed personality in California because I'm not a morning person. I'm actually, you know, a late riser and I, I'm lucky that I can be when I'm, you know, I'm freelancing. But in California, I mean, it is the jet lag and the time difference, but I am a morning person. I get up super early. I'm more outdoorsy. I'm looking up at the palm trees and thinking, what can I do today? And it's just, it's a state of mind and it sounds really cheesy, but it's true. Do you get a sense that a lot of other Brits share your enthusiasm for California? Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's really the dream holiday. For a lot of people, a road trip in California is a trip of a lifetime. You know, you do it for your honeymoon or you might do it for a big birthday or you might do it for a family holiday. And I actually think being there, it just feels so, so special. And there's so much to do. I think that's what's so amazing as well. Is there like a particular region of California you're drawn to or or does your passion cover the entire state? Definitely the entire state. And I actually think that's why the road trip angle and the road trip kind of schedule is so amazing for California, because I find that I can have two or three days maybe somewhere and that's enough to kind of get a feel for it. And then what's so amazing about doing a road trip is if you stop off somewhere along the way, for example, I really loved Monterey. And I've been back there a few times, but you don't have to spend a week there. You can just spend a day there and you feel like you're soaking it in. And also, I think you can kind of change it up and you don't have to have too many plans. I think that's what's amazing about a road trip. You just explore and you can be quite spontaneous as well. Well, earlier this year, you embarked on a classic California road trip, Emma, driving from San Francisco to Huntington Beach on Highway 1. Uh, we'd really love to hear about some of your favorite memories during this trek. So I absolutely loved San Francisco. I love walking and it's such a great city to just kind of stroll. And obviously there's kind of steep um, walkways. So you kind of end up burning calories along the way. But it's just such a great place to explore. But I love the food. I love the tacos, uh, the rooftop bars. I think there's one called El Teco, um, where you can see just the the views of of the city. And it's incredible. Um, I also loved stopping off at Huntington Beach. And as I kind of earlier alluded to my obsession with TV when I was younger, I loved the OC when I when I grew up. And I think most people love the OC. So I went to Huntington Beach, but I also went to Newport Beach a few years ago. And I actually did an article where I kind of revisited all the famous OC places. So I think there was a place called the Crab Cooker, which is, you know, meant to have been the inspiration for the Crab Shack and all that stuff. Um, and there was also places that I guess aren't so obvious. I went to Anza Borrego, which is my first ever desert trip. And it really was going into the desert and you had to be really, you know, briefed on what to do if you get stranded. And we went up and saw amazing sunsets and, you know, we saw rattlesnakes and it was amazing. We went stargazing and I really learned a lot about the night sky and went to bed feeling like a speck of dust. And it was just incredible. And I think it's really California for me actually just reminds me to kind of stop thinking about how stressed I am all the time and just look at nature and get out there. What would you say surprised you most about your road trip adventure? I think it was the people that I met. And I know that I was kind of going with an agenda. I was doing a road trip 
in order to get content to share with people. But I remember going to Temecula and we went to one of the vineyards and it was the Robert Renzoni vineyard. So um, it was really laid back. I was a bit nervous because I always thought wine tasting was, you know, you could embarrass yourself for not knowing how to do it properly. But everyone was just so relaxed and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't pretentious at all. And actually the guy next to me turned out to be Robert Renzoni, the guy that owned it. And he was just hanging out and talking to us. And I just think there's a real laid back attitude to California. And that's just something that I absolutely love. Absolutely. I, I agree with you as far as, you know, going into like a wine tasting experience. I think things are so laid back here that you really don't have to worry about, you know, saying the wrong thing or, you know, not knowing what to do. People are very forgiving and it's just a very kind of like laid back, relaxing thing to do. Yeah, it's the complete opposite of my normal life, which is deadlines and meetings and like not trying not to be late. Um, so I think, yeah, that's what makes it so special. Now, Emma, you hit some iconic spots during your road trip. Uh, did you find any hidden gems along the way, places that you had no idea existed before you actually saw them? So we stopped off at Cambria and it was so quiet and so chilled out. And on paper, I guess you wouldn't necessarily go there because there isn't like a main attraction. But I actually love those places where it's not somewhere that everyone goes and it's not just tick off this um, sightseeing you know tour or whatever it was just really beautiful and and very small and we just went for a walk on the beach and went into the tiny town there was like one restaurant and um, actually that's one of my favorite memories because I remember feeling so relaxed um, because I didn't have to tick anything off a list or see anything it was just just completely chilling and I think people feel like that when they stop off in Carmel I know that's somewhere that people love going because I know that it's connected to Clint Eastwood and it is quite exciting for that reason. But actually, it's the part of the road trip where you're not trying to Instagram everything and showing all the, you know, I don't know, the razzle and dazzle of it. You're just switching your phone off for a few days and um, relaxing. Yeah. And, you know, California's culinary tradition is a huge deal. Uh, did you enjoy any memorable meals on your road trip? Yeah. So there was um, one evening where I had tried fish tacos for the first time. I know that is obviously, and you know, a must do. Uh, we went to a, somewhere in San Diego. I think it was called Sandbar, and it it was on all these lists of like the best tacos you'll ever taste in the world. And I didn't want to big it up too much because I thought, well, maybe they won't be. But we got there, and actually, from the outside, it just looked like a sports bar. It was really unassuming. There was no like posters or boards outside you know that would definitely happen in a in a major city where you know people are trying to advertise at you 24 7 but it was just you know a random little sports bar and we went up to the rooftop and um it was in mission beach and it was during happy hour so it was like really cheap and i remember me and my boyfriend basically sat in silence for basically half an hour just eating it was so amazing it was the best thing i've ever eaten um, and we just kept kept eating them because it was happy hour and you just got loads free. So yeah, that that was amazing. And there was some really great tacos in uh, North Park as well, which is more like in the city. So it, like in the end, did you find that exploring California via car is a good way to see the state? Yeah, definitely. And it's funny because I think in California, I mean, definitely in LA, people are very attached to their cars and it's like their little home that they live in. 
and makes them feel safe and they can get everywhere in the car. And actually, that's sort of what I had. And I I don't drive now because I, I there's just no need to really in London. But um, it was so nice just having your car for, you know, two weeks where you could put all your things in it and just travel around. And it's so freeing. And I think it sounds really cliche, the whole, you know, driving along with the roof down and everything. But um, it does make you feel like you don't have any responsibilities. And it is amazing. <laughs> so so what advice would you give to, to someone heading to the Golden State for a road trip vacation? Um, well, I would say if you're anything like me, you need to pack sun cream because, you know, it's hotter than you think. I would actually say not to plan much. I mean, obviously plan where you want to go in the... This, you know the the places along the road trip that you want to go to but I really think you need to leave room for that spontaneous moment and stop off often I would say stop off more than you think you need to because it's the only time well for me I found that I wasn't in a rush I didn't have to be anywhere by a certain time I mean sometimes you have to check into a hotel and that stuff but actually I think yeah you should really take your time with it and just um be spontaneous and don't plan too much. Right. So what's next for you in California, Emma? Are there any destinations still on your bucket list? Uh, when should we expect to see you back here? Uh, I feel really lucky that I've been to a lot of places in California that I've always wanted to go to. The one place actually that's on my list still is Yosemite. I don't know much about it, but that uh, that sounds like one that is a bit of a once in a lifetime place. So I would love to do that. I I actually feel like California has made me more of an outdoorsy person. I never really thought of myself as someone who is that person that goes on the hikes or, you know, can go out on a on a really long walk or go surfing or whatever. But actually, I don't know, it's kind of brought it out of me a bit more, which I really, really like because I think we label ourselves sometimes and you can feel like, oh, but that person's better at hiking than me or that person's more sporty than me. But actually we can all get involved in whatever way we want to. Um, But I'm hoping to come back next year. And I feel like I've kind of, you know, escaped the winter uh, in in the UK for a few years now. And I quite like it because I think February and March is quite depressing um, over here. So those months going over to California just feels like a total dream. Yeah, it's a great way to escape the winter. Why not? Yeah. And it's funny because I think the weather impacts our mood so so much and I, I it sa- sounds obvious but i don't think we realize actually to the extent that it can change our mood and and i think it's okay to accept that and just chase the sun well we look forward to having you back i'm counting down the days <laughs> <laughs> well thanks so much for joining us on the california now podcast emma thank you so much i've loved listening to your other episodes as well it's a great podcast so thanks for having me thank you as is yours i really enjoy listening to yours as well thank you Emma Gannon's podcast, Control-Alt-Delete, is an excellent exploration of today's digital age, and her California innovation series and interviews are particularly engaging. Be sure to follow her on Instagram. Her handle is UK. As always, you'll find links to all the places we discussed today on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. My next guest is a popular travel blogger who recently pulled up stakes in the San Francisco Bay Area and bought a home in Sacramento. Jessica Wright is the creative force behind Bond Traveler, an inspiration-filled travel website that features great photography and lots of practical tips. Jessica recently embarked on a driving tour of California's gold country, and we're going to find out about some of the discoveries she made on this adventure. Welcome to the California Now podcast, Jessica. Hey, Soterius. It's great to hop on. 
So, you know, this part of the state is called gold country because gold was discovered in the hills close to Sacramento back in 1848. Was that part of your inspiration for why you wanted to take a road trip starting in this area? It was, yeah. I wanted to discover the history and what makes this part of Northern California so iconic and why it is gold country. And, you know, a big part of that is coming to old Sacramento to see where it all started alongside the river there where you can tour the railroad museum and get insight into, you know, the history of what really shaped California in the West. And when you visit that railroad museum, you get to tour the old locomotives that have been restored and you get to see just how people built their lives here back in the, you know, late 1800s. And I mean, would you say this this road trip was kind of like a trip back in time in some ways? I know in old Sacramento, there's a stretch of of the city along the river there that is actually preserved from the time. It was like the original city with the old architecture and the old buildings. It's a lively part of town. Would you say it's kind of like a, a trip back in time? It is. And that's, I think, what was so interesting is as you're walking around old Sacramento on the wood planks and there's, you know, horse-drawn carriages that pass by you and you're seeing the old saloons. Um, you get a real taste of what the Gold Rush era was really like here in California. So so you st- actually started your trip in Sacramento. Yeah, we started right in the heart of Old Town. And part of that was touring the Railroad Museum. And then from there, you know, taking a look at our Capitol building. You can actually tour that today as a visitor, which is really incredible. That's really cool. And then so you spent a lot of time in Sacramento getting a lot of the history. And and uh, did you did you did you take part in any of the food scene that's going on? There's really quite a buzzing food scene going on in Sacramento. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this area has some of the best restaurants and some of my favorites here are Localis. Chef Christopher there is doing an incredible prefix dinner that showcases just some interesting ingredients, both local, um, like duck confit and sturgeon and using ingredients like pumpernickel bread with pork. And I think that's really like a standout restaurant. And another one that we checked out was Beast and Bounty, which is awesome for brunch. They do a breakfast pizza, which absolutely blew my mind. <laughs> so so that sounds all really great. And after that, I'm guessing you drove east, right? We did. I made our way up Highway 50 towards Folsom and... We actually rented electric bikes from Practical Cycles in the old town there, and we hit the Johnny Cash Trail, which is this two and a half mile biking and walking trail that you can go through historic Folsom. It takes you out around the prison, passes by the lake, you get to see the Folsom Dam and comes back into the old town. Very cool. So so where did you head next? After that, I cut over on Folsom Road towards Highway 80 East and made our way over to Loomis, and we checked into the Flower Farm Inn, which is a working farm that has these really charming suites that sit within the gardens. And we stayed there for a night and we explored that area of Loomis, which is a really abundant area for wineries and some awesome lunch spots like High Hand Cafe, where you can actually eat inside a nursery. So you can have this wonderful lunch in their building and then go walk around their nursery and check out the gardens. So Jessica, why would you say exploring this part of the state is best by car, like doing a road trip like this? I think the iconic part of visiting California is road tripping. And the big reason behind that is it gives you the freedom. You know, if you see something that catches your eye and you want to pull over and explore a new town that you didn't recognize on your itinerary, or you want to stop or stay longer at, you know, a restaurant that you really enjoyed or spend more time hiking in a region that you didn't know existed, I think it gives you just a different freedom and a different way to really experience um, gold country. Yeah, I think it's a really great way to 
hit a lot of places and also just experience, as you say, the road. I mean, just the scenery that you can drive through, whether it's, you know, somewhere along the coast or driving through farmland or through mountains. I mean, it's just a, an amazing experience to take it all in. Exactly. And I think that's, you know, that's what California is about. It's about getting to drive these iconic windy roads through, you know, Highway 49 and having the towering pine trees over you and the river and just all of it together. Just it really leaves a memorable experience that you can go home with. Can you talk a little bit about how you worked your way through that highway? Yeah. So starting in Auburn, um, that is the area that cuts through to where gold was found in the area of Coloma. And you can actually go outdoor raft, like river rafting out there. And, you know, you're going down class three, class four rapids. You have a guide who brings you through. And a lot of those guides will often give you a history or insight into how gold was discovered there at Sutter's Creek, not too far out of where you're actually rafting. So for listeners who who have never been to this area, can you can you kind of paint a word picture of the landscape and give us a sense of of what we'd see, you know, driving as we're, you know, driving through the area, what we'd see through the windshield? Yeah, you snake along the river and I think you get this kind of rugged um it's got pine trees and oak trees and it throughout the way you're seeing some older towns and some newer buildings along the way and you get a sense of what was and the history here, as well as what's happening, which I think is a really cool juxtaposition of this region. And it, I know you're out, you're outside, you're in nature, and it, it's calming, which I think for me is a really great city break for a weekend trip. Mm. You know, one of the things that's happening in this part of the world is it's really developed a really wonderful culinary scene. Uh, the farmland is epic. The wine scene is definitely on the rise. What were some of your favorite bites when you were on this trek? So one of my favorite bites was at this farm-to-fork restaurant called Argonaut, actually right in Coloma, which is a perfect spot to grab lunch after you go river rafting. And they source their produce from Love Farms, which is just up the street. And so they had made these just like fresh sandwiches, and then they had ice cream to go, which I think was like mm. a just a great kind of midday break. And <laughs> then from there, the town of Placerville has some incredible restaurants, um, the farm table right in town, um, sourcing meats from nearby farms. And they did a killer steak, which was just like at the end of the day, after being on the river, that was, it hit the spot. Uh, any interesting kind of, um, I know Placerville has a lot of cute little shops uh, on its main drag. Any any kind of highlights for you? Yeah, Midnight Kin was definitely a, a highlight. And that was fun to get to go in there and see um, what's being made. There's some incredible like clothing and some like soaps and goodies like that that you can take home and makes for a great souvenir from this region. So so where did your Gold Country Road Trip end? So the last stop was actually into Amador County, which is a massive um, winery region, which I never really explored myself. And they're really known for Zinfandel and some Chardonnay. And one of my favorite wineries out there that we got to visit was Iron Hub. It sits up at the top of the hill and has panoramic views over the valley, and it's just an idyllic way to just sit there, enjoy a glass of wine, and soak in all that Amador is. And I think it's a really cool up-and-coming wine region that's already established, but I feel like just not everyone knows about yet. So it feels really, I don't know, it feels really intimate, which I really enjoy when I'm traveling. Yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us, Jessica. Uh, we'd love to have you back on a future episode so you can tell us about your next road trip adventure. Absolutely, and I look forward to it. Jessica's website, bondtraveler.com, is definitely worth checking out. She's also a fantastic follow on Instagram. Her handle is at bondtraveler. As always, you can find links to all of the places we discussed today on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. 
My next guest is a ghost hunter. Yes, you heard right. And he's been investigating paranormal phenomena since 1978 when he encountered his first ghost on an archaeological dig in Monterey County. Richard Sennett is the author of 23 books, including Ghost Stalker's Guide to Haunted California and his newest book, The Ghosts of Santa Barbara. We have Halloween coming up soon, so we thought now would be the perfect time to learn about some of the most haunted places in the Golden State. Welcome to the California Now podcast, Richard. Oh, glad to be here. So did I get that right? Uh, You believe you saw your first ghost 40 plus years ago and you've been researching them and writing about them ever since? That's true. Uh, People who say they don't believe in ghosts, it's true until you see one. And then when you have the experience, you're definitely a believer. So what did you see exactly? Well, I was doing archaeology at the old mission San Antonio de Padua. It's near King City up in Monterey County. And late one night, I walked into the courtyard and I saw a figure of a monk carrying a candle. Now, this didn't scare me because it's still a monastery. So I walked up to the brother to talk to him and then bam, he disappeared. He vanished. Now, what I saw looked like a guy wearing a habit. He wasn't transparent. He didn't glow. He looked nothing like what you see on TV. Yet, I was left perplexed with this thing I had seen, recognized, for, uh, observed for some time, just vanished away. That's really creepy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if I, thought, if I saw something like that, I think I would re- kind of freak out. But I gu- I'm gu- guessing, given your career trajectory, it sounds like you aren't scared of things that can't be otherwise explained. Well, I talked to the monks who lived there the next day, and they said they'd seen many ghosts at that particular old mission. And then they mentioned that one of their order, uh, Brother Joseph, who was this wonderful man. I mean, he was just almost a living saint in the sense that he was well-loved. He worked with the children well. He he gave of himself 150%. And He was an elderly man and passed away, but each night he'd light a candle and go from his room to the church and pray for an extra hour late at night. And that's what I had encountered, him doing his ritual, and others had seen it as well. Right. Well, you know, like I said in the intro, Halloween is coming up, and that provides us with the perfect excuse for us to talk about some of the most haunted places in California, places that have a history or reputation for that. Let's focus on places that people can go visit today. Can we do kind of like a a top five list or something along those lines? Oh, easy to do. I could probably give you a top 50 list, (laughs) but the most haunted place in California is a museum now that you can see. It's a beautiful area. It's an old town, San Diego, which is where the city started back in the Spanish times. And this building was built in the 1850s out of brick. So Thomas Whaley House, and it is well known as a haunted site. So I went there and investigated, and yeah, it really is haunted. It lives up to its reputation. And I saw chandeliers swing and uh, rocking chairs rock. I felt an icy touch, all of that, uh, in the investigation. So the Whaley House is a definite must. In fact, it's so well known as a haunted house, it was used as a template for the movie The Uninvited that was made back in 1944. And it was also used by the Disney people in the Haunted Mansion. Hmm. 
Now, some of the things that appear as uh, uh, tricks in the Haunted Mansion originally were things that really happened to people at the old Whaley House. So it's well worth a visit. So if people go to visit, is it the kind of thing that, um, you know, a typical visitor will actually see something like that? Or is it kind of hit or miss? Or, you know, how likely is it that somebody will actually encounter something if they go to visit? Well, not all that likely, but that's how ghost hunting is. Real ghosts, unlike the ones on TV, um, they don't come when you want them to. They come when they want to. <laughs> so you could go there and never see a thing, or you might see something out of the ordinary. Now, I'd say anyone who's visiting a haunted site, the best thing you can do is take photographs. I don't mean three or four or five, but maybe 40 or 50 photographs of digital cameras are really good for that. And then when you're done, when you're by yourself afterwards, look at all the pictures carefully. Watch out for any strange things that might be in them, bits of mist or strange balls of energy or bars of energy or even full-fledged apparitions. People have gotten them at the Whaley House and all the haunted sites here in California. People always say, where is your best shot at seeing a ghost? And you know where I always tell them to go? Where? The Queen Mary in Long Beach. That is the best place to see a ghost. And don't just take the tour or walk the deck. No, get a room and spend the night. Let's explain what the Queen Mary is. It's actually a, a cruise ship, right, that is docked and is now being used as a hotel. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, actually, it was like a transatlantic liner before the days of jet planes. People used to cross the Atlantic. took five days. Now, of course, nobody uses them. They're now just used for cruising and vacationing. But this huge liner built in the 1930s survived World War II, uh, was used to carry troops and, and prisoners of war and such as that. And it's now tied up at Berth J in Long Beach. It's a beautiful ship. It's all been restored. And you can rent the rooms out. I recommend getting one of the old rooms. And then the first thing you should do is go to bed. <laughs> Get up around 2 a.m. That's the best time for ghost hunting, between 2 and 4. And walk the decks there. And it's almost as if seeing a ghost is natural and normal. And I have walked those decks. I've heard footsteps when no one was around. I felt the icy cold. I've seen shadows and images there, doors open and closed. It is really a haunted place. And for uh, the person who wants to find a ghost and really come away with a sighting, I would recommend that. And again, like the Whaley House, I recommend taking lots of pictures, and who knows what you'll come away with. What do you think the best time is between 2 and 4 in the morning to spot a ghost? Well, ghost hunters, ghost hunters since the 1920s have found that seems to be the optimum time, just before dawn, is the best time to encounter the paranormal. All right, let's head somewhere else. What about What's another reliable haunted place in California? This is a must. If you go to the San Francisco Bay Area, you must go to Alcatraz. Alcatraz Island, which was uh, an old prison 
uh, before that, it was a military prison, and before that, a gun battery to defend the city during the Civil War. But it is the best-known high-security prison uh, of all of them, and it housed the worst of the worst, like Machine Gun Kelly, and of course, Al Capone, Scarface himself was said to uh, uh, be housed there. It may even haunt there. And yes, I've spent three nights on Alcatraz Island, and I will guarantee you it is one of the most haunted places I've ever set foot in. And once, as part of a radio show, uh, the radio people locked me in one of the punishment cells, you know, called The Hole. And I was locked in there for 15 minutes, and that was the most terrifying mm. 15 minutes I ever spent. Because I felt, even though it was pitch dark and the walls are soundproof, I felt like I wasn't alone. There was somebody in there, and somebody who wanted to kill me. And it was, so, I, I even told him, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> How about two or three more haunted places that are worth exploring? Oh, there's lots of them here in California. The Winchester Mystery House is in San Jose. Now, it's a huge house made by Sarah Winchester. She was the heiress to the Winchester Rifle Fortune. And she was a devout spiritualist. And so a medium told her that as long as she built the house for the spirits of all those killed by the Winchester Rifle, she would live. And so she went on a building project that took the rest of her life. She had them working 24 hours a day building this gigantic, huge house, which only she and her servants lived in. So they continued to build until she passed away. Well, now it's open to the public as a freaky place. And it's got staircases that go to nowhere, <laughs> doors that open right onto walls. It's a freaky joint just in and of itself. But Sarah Winchester haunts the place. And others have had weird things happen in that site. Remarkably, uh, Harry Houdini came and visited the house. And he was the only person she let come in. She tried to convince him of the reality of spiritualism. Another famous visitor was uh, Teddy Roosevelt, the president of the United States. She left him waiting on the front steps. He wanted to, to talk to her how much he liked the Winchester rifle that he used in his hunting. Uh, he was a great avid hunter. And she wouldn't let him in the house. <laughs> and uh, so a lot of famous people have gone there and seen the beautiful stained glass windows, the floors. It's just a, a remarkable experience, even if you don't see a ghost. But if you're on the tour and you go to those darkened areas and you happen to see a woman following behind you, that might be Sarah Winchester mm. herself. Yeah, our time is running out here, but I know your newest book is all about ghosts in Santa Barbara. What are the key takeaways we should have for, for ghost hunting in that part of the world? Oh, the missions. All the California missions have ghost stories. Some have more than others. But in Santa Barbara County is the Mission La Purissima Concepcion near Solvang. The old mission in Santa Barbara is also haunted by a phantom monk 
who might be a very saintly man. Uh, I believe it's one of the early padres who was considered a living saint while he was alive. And I guess he's still there trying to help people. Encountering that ghost is not a bad thing because he's there to assist people who have problems more than frighten anyone. Well, you've talked about a lot of great spooky stuff. And I've got to say, I I really do love a good ghost story. And you shared a bunch of them with us today. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us on California Now. Oh, I'm glad. I hope people come to my home state, the place I love. Richard Sennett, the author of Phantomology, The Art of Ghost Hunting, Weird Ventura, The Ghost Stalker's Guide to Haunted California, and many others. You can find these books and many more on Amazon.com. And for links to all of the creepy places we've discussed today, float on over to our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. Thank you for listening to California Now. This podcast is produced by Visit California. I'm your host, Satirius Johnson. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Please subscribe and please let us know how we're doing by leaving feedback on our podcast. We read every single comment and we'd absolutely love to hear what you think about our show, including which topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Two of our guests today discussed their love of road trips, and that's not the least bit surprising to me because exploring the Golden State in a car or van or motorcycle is an absolutely awesome way to experience California. If you're in the market for a road trip, head on over to our Road Trip Republic digital hub for tons of information and inspiration that'll help you plan your next highway getaway. That's visitcalifornia.com slash road trips. <laughs>